Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. He did. I want to read a passage from Isaiah 53. Open your ears to listen with fresh ears. Sometimes we can get so familiar with the Bible, we can quote it, we can say it, we know it. But I want you to think about the cross and the reality that actually this was written hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ was crucified, yet it prophesies of what he would do, the Messiah. And when he came, so many didn't even recognize. You know, I I think sometimes when it comes to end times, people have got all their theories. They figure they've got it figured out. I know what's going to happen. And I'm really careful to, to... not say that because if they didn't figure it out the first time, it's possible that maybe we're not seeing everything the second time. Like, But this I know, Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Hallelujah. There is a bodily return of Christ. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day. Hallelujah. But Isaiah 53, listen to this. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. This this one who had mercy like we've never seen before was shown no mercy by his tormentors. Despised, hated, utterly unjustly. You know, I get hurt when I get the trolls on the internet. I'm like, oh, that hurt. But... Jesus, he had never done a single thing wrong. Holy, he had done nothing but love them. Yet he was despised, spat on, cursed, accused, lied about. But verse 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. You know, it struck me watching it portrayed again that that he did exactly as it was prophesied. They'd lie about him and he wouldn't defend himself. He just, and yet when Pilate would say, I've got the power to take your life. And Jesus said, well, no one's got the power. I freely lay down my life. And he's our strong and glorious God, yet yet he didn't, he didn't answer, he didn't, he didn't respond to the jeers and the accusations. He just looked at them, he loved them. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, and we know of course, that Jesus was put in a rich man's grave, a borrowed tomb. It only needed to be borrowed because it was only going to be used for three days. 
It's, but the fulfillment of the prophecy is astonishing. If you want to study prophecy, look at this. It's amazing. Yet it pleased the Lord to, blo- to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. You know, it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. He went through it. In the garden, he was praying. He said, not my will, but yours be done. And for the joy set before him, he willingly laid down his life. He allowed them to smite him, to punish him, to push the crown of thorns into his head, to whip him and beat him, to drive the nails through his arms and his feet, spear in his side. He did it willingly for the joy set before him. And the joy that was set before him was that you and he would have the opportunity to live together in eternity forever in perfect fellowship. That you would be able to look at him without fear or without shame, without guilt. No, the Bible says that light can have no fellowship with darkness. He is perfect light. And nobody could measure up because we all like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has sinned. No, not one is righteous. Nobody has measured up to the standard. And the wages of sin is death. So he bore our sin for us. He died in our place. It pleased the Lord to make him an offering for sin, the Passover lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the the one who would not just cover sin, but actually take it away. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied for by knowledge, by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. I love it. I I love Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. Transgressions is interpreted sin. He was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquity. Iniquity being our crookedness, a different word to transgressions. He was He was crushed, he was beaten, he was whipped for everything about us that was crooked. He was beaten, he was punished so that you and I could have supernatural peace and that by his wounds, his stripes, we are healed. The sacrifice of what he did, the joy set before him is astonishing. That if anyone would believe on him, would say, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he bore my crookedness, bore my sin on the cross. And if we will repent and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Like the the man that was crucified alongside him. He was crucified and there were two others who were crucified alongside him. And one was saying, yeah, well, why can't you save us? Why can't you save yourself if you're the son of God? He's just mocking him as he was dying. Yet the other said, well, we've done wrong and we deserve to die, but he's done nothing. Lord, remember me when I come into your kingdom. And that simple response of saying, yeah, I 
I deserve to be punished for what I've done. But you don't. Yet you are here taking this for us. Remember me. Lord, remember me. Have mercy on me. If we will acknowledge our sin and, and believe that Jesus Christ will save our souls, if we believe as we exchange our sin, acknowledge, say, have mercy on me, Son of God. Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. He will come in. And Jesus' answer was, this day you will be with me in paradise. Oh, the difference between the one that would humble themselves and not fight against the world till the end and hate everybody to the end, but instead humble themselves and say, I need mercy. I believe you are the Savior. Have mercy on me. Oh, happy day. And Jesus, in his great love, his delight at being able to say, you'll be with me this day in paradise. Jesus, as, as they are sitting and gambling over his clothes at the foot of the cross, saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Mocking him. And yet he looks at them and loves them. It's probably my favorite verse in the Bible is, is the, where Jesus talking to the rich young ruler and the rich young ruler is having a whole heap of trouble trying to decide, oh, do I want to give up everything to follow him? The Bible says he looked at him and loved him. And I love that because that's the way he looks at me all the time. When I feel like he should be looking at me with like oh, rolled eyes. Oh, I can't believe she still, still hasn't figured it out. Oh, I can't believe she messed up again. Oh, she's there. She goes, sins again. No, I can't look at you. I'm so annoyed with you. Never once, not one single day has he ever looked at me like that. I come to him and I go, oh, Jesus. And he's there with love in his eyes. He looks at me and he loves me. That's why it's my favorite verse. Because he looks at you all the time. When you think he should be looking at you with disdain, with displeasure, he looks at you and loves you. He looked at the rich young ruler who was making the wrong choice. And he still looked at him and loved him. Ah, amazing love, how can it be? And you know what? The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. But what struck me this time as I watched that film, and I encourage you, there's some wonderful programs out, The Chosen's. Uh, wonderful to watch too. And none of it's a replacement for the Word of God, but it's just wonderful tools to help us think about what Jesus did. But as I was watching again today and worshiping God and crying, oh God, and letting it touch my heart, I was struck by the fact that Jesus never sinned with his words just thought about it again. You never once, not even once, did you sin with your words, with your actions, with your thoughts? Did you never, he never once harbored bitterness in his heart or hatred or anger or frustration or, uh, that, that turned into sin. 
He was angry, but he never sinned. He never once sinned with his words. Never once sinned in any way, shape or form. I thought about it and I, as I, the more I thought about it, I just started praying, Lord, show me how to live a sinless life. You know, because most of us know the, the big 10, the, the big sins, murder, don't, adultery, all bad things. We know it. We, we basically understand right from wrong if you live in the, the world. We understand. But you know, as I was thinking about this, the way that he never sinned with his words, the, the way he never complained, never once was guilty of complaining. Ever once had a, you know, a mean joke with the disciples about someone that was consistently giving him a hard time. Never once had a sarcastic dig at somebody. Never once, never, ever. And yet, culturally, habitually, we can get so normalised with sin that we don't realise the blind spots that we have. And as I watched today, I, my cry was, oh, Spirit of the Lord Jesus, teach me. I need, I need you to give me myself. I need to be able to see. Because I think there's blind spots that I have allowed so habitually and so culturally that I've become desensitised. You know, our conscience, being born again, having received Jesus as Lord and Saviour, our conscience still rumbles. But I, I'm talking about things that, you know, just thoughts or comments or things that we say that aren't holy, aren't pure, that Jesus wouldn't do, that, that we normalise and yet, and then we walk around and we, we try and figure out why aren't we bold? Why aren't we confident? The Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That you don't have to be afraid. Praise the Lord as you acknowledge your sin and you receive the mercy of Christ. You are free indeed. Even if your heart condemns you, the Bible tells us he's greater than our hearts. And if our hearts don't condemn us, whatever we ask, we receive. So we understand we cannot live in condemnation, but I wonder, sometimes I think we actually are dealing with guilt rather than condemnation. That, that's just, we're not even acknowledging that we've done the wrong thing because we've got blind spots that we aren't recognising as sin. And yet our conscience is making us feel uncomfortable, but we've become so normalised. Does anyone know what I'm trying to express? The Bible addresses this. And in Revelation chapter 3, it's a letter to the Laodicean church. He says, because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything, and you do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich, 
and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and eye salve to apply to your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. This is the New Testament. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he's speaking to believers. I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. The one who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, I'm not trying to heavy you. I just want to take you on a, on a journey of what I believe the Holy Spirit is doing in his church in order to prepare us to start walking in the fullness of the glory and the manifestation of his power that he is longing for us to walk in. He wants us to walk in the fullness, the greatness of the power toward us who believe. But you know, it's gonna require us to be zealous and repent. To actually ask, Lord, give me myself for my blind spots. Now you can say, I'm righteous, I'm clean, I'm holy. And you know, if you've confessed your sin, if you've come to him and you've repented and received mercy, yes, you are. But tomorrow, in order to walk in righteousness, you need the help of the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God enlightening the eyes of your understanding and the knowledge of Him so that you can know what holiness looks like. Now, we can look at the life of Jesus and think, oh, it's impossible. Oh, He's the Son of God. I could never be like that. And yet, the promise of his redemption is not just to cover our sin, but to actually make us as he is in this world. So not just in the sweet by and by. Now, you and I have the power and the capacity by the Holy Ghost as new creations to live like the one who never sinned. Or we can just roll along like we have been. And you know what? You'll not experience the fullness of the peace and the joy that God has for you. But if you'll humble yourself and say, Lord, give me myself. Take, I, I did this today. Lord, give me myself. The nature of deception is you don't know you're deceived. <laughs> So give me myself, where I've habitually or culturally walked in selfishness or, 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 or with my words where I've had a habit of complaining or speaking about others in a way that you wouldn't. Lord, help me. Show me, help me, Lord. I want my life to be a fragrant, pleasing offering to you. I'm not talking about striving to be something you're not. I'm talking about laying hold of the power to be who he says you are. 
because in walking in that, you will find true joy, true life, true freedom. You will find life and life more abundant. Not without troubles, he said. They persecuted me, so they'll persecute you. But take heart, I've overcome the world. There is a joy and a peace from walking in this holy power and confidence of being like him as he is. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to put away the pointing of the finger. Some people have it as a ministry. It's my job to point out everybody else's faults. The Bible says, put away the pointing of the finger. Help us to put away gossip and slander. Do you need to know? Do you need to know about somebody you've never met and their sin? Do you need to know all the dirty details? I get a bit cranky about it. People, I'm posting about this one who was caught in this sin. And like, why do I need to know about that? Now, you may have different thoughts, but I, I think we've normalized gossip. I think we've normalized slander. We've normalized not covering sin, but comparing ourselves. Well, I might, I might not be perfect, but at least I haven't done that. Oh, God, have mercy. Oh, God, have mercy. Yet we've normalized it. Give us eyesalf to see, Jesus. What are you reading? What are you tolerating? What are you listening to? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of a good report? Or is it something that's going to make you feel better about yourself because, yeah, well, that one, he did this and he did that. Lord, help us to put away bitterness and hatred drunkenness, lying, sexual sin, all the nasty stuff, the manipulation, greed, selfish ambition, coarse joking. I mean, culturally, we can go, oh, yeah, it's just having a bit of a laugh. The Bible actually addresses coarse joking. Last, dishonoring your parents, laziness, complaining. I mean, the Holy Spirit is not there to whack you over the head with how bad you're doing, but he is presenting an opportunity for you to have a new life where your hands can be clean, your conscience can be cleansed and your heart can be redeemed and to know and to walk in freedom and truth. Having been born again, you may have sinned. And if you confess your sin to the Lord and say, I'm truly sorry, and you turn away from it and receive the mercy of Christ, he doesn't even remember it. He, ne he won't even remember it, even if others do. He won't even remember it. I'm, I'm careful not to be talking about what someone else has done just in case they've repented. And I'm talking about something that God has forgiven. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths. Guide us in the way everlasting. I'm excited at the idea of what it might look like to have our blind spots 
enlightened. Ask and you will receive. Ask for myself, he'll give it to you. And instead of feeling condemned, as he gives it to you, you'll feel empowered. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me recognise that habitual pattern. God, thank you. Is that what has been clouding my conscience? Hooray. Thank you, God, for power to walk free. It's a sobering word, and I'm not here to bash anybody over the head. I, I, this is God needs to deal with my heart. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Amazing love, his incredible great grace for us. Let it touch your heart. Let it not be a familiar thing that you go, yeah, woohoo. Celebrate his mercy and his forgiveness, yes, but be aware of what it cost him. Be aware of how he lived so that you can understand that you've been given freedom. You've been given his spirit. He never once did anything leaning on his own understanding. He walked in perfect submission to his father. And the great good news is that you and I have been given power to live like him. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercy, Jesus. Lord, we do come and we ask for ourselves. Show us, Father, help us, Lord, where we have been grieving your spirit, where, Lord, we've been in habitual or cultural sin that we haven't even fully been conscious of. Lord, wake us up. Lord, help us where we've engaged in gossip and slander, delighting in evil rather than walking in grace and mercy and believing the best. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, where we've been selfishly motivated, walking, where we've been lazy, where we've been greedy, where we've been unkind, where we've been self-centered, Lord, help us, show us. Lord, we ask because we want, Lord, to walk like you. Lord, we thank you. Give us eyes to see. And I thank you that you give us your power to live free and to live different in Jesus' name. We are, we're going to have communion together in a moment. But before I do that, I want to ask you, if you're here and you know in your heart you aren't walking with Jesus, this would be an awesome opportunity for you to respond like that man on the cross. It was two and one, one went to heaven with Jesus and the other went to eternal punishment. But both had the opportunity. The thief that humbled himself and said, I, I need your mercy. I believe you're the saviour. Have mercy on me. He was saved. 
Simple as that. If you're here and you know in your heart your life is not right with God and you want to receive eternal life with Jesus, you want to say, Jesus, I need you to be my saviour. I want you to be my Lord. I want tonight to be the night I cross the line and say, yes, Jesus, help me, have mercy on me. He's looking at you right now and loving you. And if you say, yes, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and my Saviour tonight, I just want you to wave your hand at me. If you'd raise your hand, I'll see it and the Lord will see it. I see you. God bless you. Is anyone else that says yes? I see you. God bless you. God bless you. All of heaven rejoices over your humility. And he receives you just like he received that thief on the cross. Is anyone else that says, yes, that's me. I want tonight to be the night that I... I don't want to. I don't want to pretend. I don't want to just live with the knowledge about what He's done. I want to respond. All have sinned and fallen short of His glory. Yet those who would humble themselves and acknowledge it and say, "I need You to be my Savior," He promises, "I will come in and I will make my home with You. I will make You a new creation." I will take away your sin, your crookedness. I will give you peace. I will heal you. And I will give you everlasting life. Is there anyone else that says, yeah, that's me. I want tonight to be the night that I make my peace with God. If you're watching online now or even later and you, you say that, would you write in the comments that I want tonight as a declaration that, that you can keep a record. And we'll have people who'll be praying for you. If you write in the comments, I, I'm, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour now. He will see that. He'll see your acknowledgement. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. So please just write in the comments there. If you say, yes, I want to repent and receive Jesus as my Saviour, write that there and we'll, we'll get to, uh, someone to contact you and be praying for you. For those that raised their hand, Lord, I thank you that you saw their hearts, Lord, tonight. And Lord, you saw their response. And Lord, you are running toward them right now. All across this room and those watching online, would you say this after me? Father God, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died and rose again. Lord, have mercy on me. I have sinned. Have mercy. Forgive me. I receive you as my Saviour, as my Lord. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord, I pray for those ones who responded to you right now. God, I ask that you would seal this in their hearts. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I declare they are children of God, that they are forgiven, that they are saved. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come now, fill them now with your Spirit. Lord, that they would know they are the redeemed of the Lord, that you would fill their hearts, Lord God, with the knowledge that you are for them, you're not against them, that you've forgiven them, that you say yes, and I receive you as my child. I will never leave you or forsake you. 
When you lie down, when you get up, I am with you. I'm your helper, your ever-present help in time of need to walk through this life with me and for eternity with me in heaven. Lord, I bless them to know you, to grow in the knowledge of you, Lord, to walk in freedom and joy and supernatural peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, we've all been given um, some communion here. If you don't have any communion, please just wave your hand and there's some teams ready to give you one. And just keep them up. They're coming. They'll get you a communion. Some down the front. Yeah, that's great. But, you know, in this moment, I, I really want to, I don't want to just do this as a form. I've taken communion twice today already. <laughs> but... um. If you want to just before the Lord yourself, you can come to the altar if you'd like to, or in your own seat, you can do that too. But I just encourage you as we take the bread, I'd encourage you just to take a moment and talk to the Lord. If there are things already you're becoming aware of that have been habitual sin or cultural habits that are just not holy. I want to give you the opportunity just to come before the Lord and say, have mercy. He does. He's already forgiven you. But you acknowledging it is the first step in walking free from it. So if you'd like to, you're free to come and take your communion at the altar or just in your seat in your own time. You know, as I read Isaiah 53, I loved, I loved being reminded that surely He has borne our sorrows. He's borne our griefs. Everything that's troubling you, everything that's weighing on your mind, every anxiety that you've had. I've had plenty of things to be concerned about. But surely He bore my sorrows. But I can bear them myself if I want to. I'm just not very good at it. I collapse under the weight. Jesus said, I, I come that you might have life and life more abundant, supernatural peace. So you could take those worries, those concerns, those weights, those fears, those sins, and just in faith, Put them on the bread. Put them on the body of Jesus. Say, Lord, you bore it for me. Surely you bore it for me. I'm sorry for even carrying it. God, you bore my concerns. You bore my weights. You bore my sorrows. You bore my pain. Thank you, Jesus. I will never walk alone again. Help me. Forgive me where I've walked without remembering that I don't have to do anything by myself anymore. Have mercy on me, Jesus. I put the weight on you. <laughs> Ooh, isn't that good? Thank you, Jesus. If you're at home, you can do this with us if you'd like to. Let's eat together. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that by your stripes we're healed. Hallelujah. As we take the cup, I thank you that your blood 
cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Be zealous and repent. Because he's knocking at the door saying, I want to come in. I want to dine with you. I want you to come into a realisation that you're free, that I'm wanting to have and do life with you. I want to be with you. I want to be with you at every meal, every getting up, every going out, every lying down, every thought. You don't have to struggle with anything by yourself anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood washes away my every sin. It's like that vision I had of standing in a stream and the Lord just taking the the weights, the concerns, the regrets, then falling off into the stream behind me and just being washed away. He says, I'll forgive you and I will never bring it to remembrance again. It is finished, forgotten. You are forgiven. We can drink together and celebrate his blood. Thank you, Jesus. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you are condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. Thank you, Jesus. Amazing love, how can it be that you, our King, would die for me? Amazing love, Lord, we love you, we love you, we love you, we worship you, we thank you. You are so good. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.